What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to talk about Dynasty Twitter's flavor of the week, Malik Willis. His pro day went absolutely viral. He had his pro day at Liberty a few days ago. He, you know, rolls out to his, I want to say his left, throws off, you know, across his body, 60 yards downfield, makes one of those Zach Wilson pro day type throws where, you know, the scouts start drooling, the NFL teams start drooling. And I wanted to talk about him because he seems like one of these players that has a lot of momentum right now. He had his pro day, looked great. Combine looked great, helped a homeless guy out at the combine. That's really big for NFL teams. And he was cheering on his teammates during his pro day. A lot of things that, you know, are the intangibles, leadership guys. You have to remember, we're drafting quarterbacks for fantasy purposes. NFL front offices are drafting their cornerstone franchise quarterback, you know, face of the franchise, you know, public image, good guy, leader in the locker room. That's who they're drafting. So a little bit different criteria. But with that being said, I'm going to talk about Malik Willis from a fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football type perspective here in a second. Now, before we get into that, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. All right, so I'm going to be honest with you guys. I really, really, really like Malik Willis. He's my quarterback one in this class. I think that he even gives Brees Hall a run for his money up top at the 101 of this rookie class, and here's why. As of today, in my quarterback model, Malik Willis grades out as an elite quarterback prospect. You know, he is in a tier with guys like Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Matthew Stafford, Cam Newton, Joe Burrow, you know, some of the best prospects we've ever seen, some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He is in a tier. All of these guys are top six players in startup drafts in dynasty fantasy football. So he is in a really, really strong tier. And I think that that's going to come as a surprise for a lot of you guys where Malik Willis on paper doesn't seem like the best analytical prospect. And that's because I kind of want to explain before I get any deeper, I want to explain kind of what my quarterback prospect model is and kind of how it works for a second. Just going to be a quick crash course. We're going to do a full video breakdown next week on it. I don't expect that video to do, you know, huge numbers because it's going to be kind of a boring, really nerdy video, but expect that coming out just for, you know, just to document the entire process. This is going to be more of, you know, the cliff notes and the spark notes, but this quarterback model is what I've been building, you know, the past month or my quarterback running back and wide receiver models. I've been building those the last month. The month before that I took off to kind of recharge from fantasy football. And the month before that was the last month where I was posting consistently. That's why I've been taking a big break, but we've been working on really cool stuff behind the scenes. And the first thing on that list is the quarterback model. Now you might be wondering what even is a quarterback model? How does it work? And basically what it is, is it takes stats that I deem important, bundles them all together and it spits out an RS grade. Now the RS grade just is Ron Stewart grade. It's not, it's not very creative. I know I have a lot on my plate right now, please. I know it could be better. I will come up with a better name eventually. For now, it's the RS grade and, and the RS grades are actually pretty strong. My RS grades have a 0.674 R squared from RS grades to predicting a quarterback's points per game in their first three seasons. Now, what R squared is, is the correlation coefficient, which is just, you know, how predictive is the input at predicting the output? It's that number squared, and it tells us the percentage of outcomes that can be explained by the inputs. 67.4% of outcomes being explained by RS grades, pretty damn good. You know, anything over 50% of human activity like the NFL, that's really strong. I think draft capital is only like 0.4. So, you know, if you're out here on the Ron Stewart channel, we're, we're out batting the NFL. And that's not to say that that's, you know, 
my doing. I just, you know, pull the stuff. I just pull the, you know, stats from certain places that gives us those numbers. And I say that because I wanted to make sure that this model wasn't, you know, the cliche, you know, analytics nerd type model where I really made sure that players could have multiple paths to success. You know, I want multiple paths for players to get to that elite tier of prospect. Now, a real quick note on the tiers is we have our RS grades. And then based on your RS grade, if you're above a certain number, you know, 10 to like eight, those are my elite prospects. Those guys hit a 75% rate of top 12 seasons. Then as you go down, I have gold, silver, bronze. Those guys have their own hit rates. We'll get into that another time. But I wanted to allow players to have as many paths to elite tier as possible. And I think the biggest pitfall of, you know, analytics and modeling you'll see in the space or just in general is I think a lot of models, you know, they can identify one type of player really good. And they cut themselves off from a lot of unconventional players that don't win in the same way that, you know, their model wants them to. I wanted to make sure that there was a path for everybody that, you know, if you're not the best thrower of the football, but you're a Lamar Jackson level runner and, you know, you're just an absolute playmaker that and you get first round draft capital that you can get there to the elite tier. Because, you know, that kind of, you know, Lamar Jackson being a limited thrower and, you know, whatever negatives you had on him is why a lot of us were sleeping on Lamar Jackson. And in terms of this, you know, one type thing where a lot of models just hone in on one type, I think that's why a lot of models, you know, they love the Mariotas and Mayfields of the world. And that's not to say that they are bad prospects. And like I'm saying, you know, you should have known and I'm, I'm doing revisionist history. Mariota and Mayfield are both elite prospects in my model. But I think a lot of people, their models overlook guys like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, who win a little bit more unconventional ways where their, their quarterback rating, their throwing metrics, like adjusted yards per attempt, they're not going to look good, but you know, their, their film grades, their potential ceilings, you know, their rushing upside were all really good in college. So I wanted to make sure everything was weighted so that if you, you know, succeeded and I, when I mean succeed, like when Lamar Jack, in terms of rushing upside, Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton are those guys, right? So you need to be, you need to really excel at those things to make up for it, but at least you have a pathway to it. That's why I'll flash a screenshot again, but that's why on this screenshot, you have guys like Lamar Jackson, you have Josh Allen, who is pretty much a bust on every single analytics model out there. He's an elite prospect for me based on his athleticism, his rushing upside, his film, his draft capital. He had enough to carry the rest of his profile. Now, is he like a Cam Newton, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck level uh, within elite, right? Within elite, you have, you know, guys that are those cornerstone type quarterback prospects, but he was at least enough to be elite. And in terms of winning in multiple ways, the way I did that is I took, you know, traditional stats like QBR and stuff like that. And I put that just into one component and I call that decision-making slash arm talent. But I have two other components that we account for one being film, right? I, I think that one of the biggest things a lot of analytics people miss out on is the use of film, right? I'm not qualified to watch film. We'll get into how I incorporate it in a second, but I think a lot of people want, you know, their side to be right. They, they want everything to be analytics and, you know, to, to own the film guys. Like I said, I just want to cast the widest net. So my sifter has the tiniest holes to, you know, sift through and find the, as many diamonds as possible. I don't want any diamonds, you know, slipping through those cracks. And if incorporating film grades allows me to identify more of those diamonds, then I'll do that all day long. So again, that's why we're incorporating film. We're incorporating a lot of other things where, it's not going to be like a traditional quarterback model. So we're going to break those down in a second. The three core components of film, decision-making slash arm talent, and rushing upside slash athleticism. Now, I want to say Malik Willis by no means is a perfect prospect. Again, he is not the Andrew Luck that we are looking for, but he is a Lamar Jackson, a Josh Allen, a Carson Wentz even. But he's in that tier of players with, you know, a Trey Lance where the complete picture of his profile are enough to get him into elite tier, even though that I've heard a lot of 
bad things about Malik Willis. And that'll start us in the film component of Malik Willis. I hear a lot of people call him a developmental quarterback who's raw, uh, you know, needs a year to sit out. He, he's not ready to start day one. He's a developmental quarterback. He makes a lot of really bad throws on tape. So I wanted to do some digging and kind of see how much of that is actually true. And the way that we're incorporating film grades into the model is we take Lance Zierlein's grades. He has on NFL.com, he's their lead draft analyst since 2014. He has been grading every drafted prospect since then. And that's massive. I know a lot of sites out there have their film grades that they're putting out now, which is huge. I think for the film community, it is massive. It is huge for you to take credibility, right? To not just have like Henry Ruggs as your wide receiver one, but give him a grade and, you know, make a historical database of, you know, your grades that you saw on film and kind of how well those correlate. As of now, Lance Zierlein has data back to 2014 and his R squared to a quarterback's points per game in their first three years is 0.46. That's insane. Like we said earlier, draft capital has an R squared of like 0.4. So he's out hitting draft capital before the draft. These He, he has these prospect grades go live at the combine. So he is as good a pro or as good a scout as the NFL. And it's good to just incorporate what he's seeing on film because it's a different perspective than draft capital. He has guys that he's lower on than draft capital and draft capital is somewhat higher on certain guys than he is. And it's a good way to cover all your bases in terms of film. Now, when we talk about Malik Willis in terms of what Lance Zierlein saw on the field with his own eyes, again, I'm not the one that's going to be, you know, looking at the tape, you know, I'm not, I'm a data guy. I, I could never sit down, look at all these players, grade them out, and it be predictive. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. Like I can watch film and know exactly what's going on. Now I'm not I'm not lost, right? I, I can keep up with the best of them. I, I've played uh football like pretty much my entire life growing up. I played a lot of Madden. I can identify coverages. I've seen tons of football, but I'm not, you know, I'm not hand in the dirt gonna be able to tell you everything that's going on. I will defer that to Lance Zierland. I will have the humility you know, the, the honesty with myself to rely on others for that component. So according to Lance Zierlein, Malik Willis in the 2022 draft class is the quarterback one. He is above everybody with a 6.41 grade, which puts him in a tier that he has called will become good starter within two years. It's any grade between 6.4 and 6.49. Now that doesn't sound great, right? Like that kind of, that kind of confirms what the, the scouts were saying or the Twitter scouts were saying where he's raw, he's developmental, he needs to sit out a year or two and then become a starter. But I, I think that the labels on his tiers are a little bit outdated because if you look through every quarterback since 2014 that he's given that grade, it's not a list of guys that were so raw to the point where they couldn't start in week one. Now, a lot of these guys, because they weren't drafted first overall, they didn't start week one, but you know they start six, six or seven weeks into the season like most rookie quarterbacks do who aren't first overall guys. And we pull this list up. He's not in bad company at all in between that 6.4 to 6.49 range where you have guys like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, all highlighting his upside purely based on what Lance Zierlein saw on the field. And I know a lot of you guys are going to, you know, zero right in on Drew Locke and Johnny Menzel, you know, the king in the back. Those are Johnny Menzel, love the guy, but he is not somebody I would like a elite quarterback prospect to be compared to. Now, how we can actually refine that and, you know, make that picture a little bit more accurate for us is we include the second component of film in the model, and that's draft capital. You know, they have their analytic departments that a lot of them neglect, but on the surface, NFL teams, when they draft players, 85% plus of their process is film driven, right? They have a scouting department. They get paid to watch games. They get paid to watch pro day throws. They get paid to watch combine throws. For that reason, I consider draft capital a film score. 
and a really good way to look at draft capital before the NFL draft, right? We don't have that information just yet, but Grind the Mocks, a really good website, has expected draft position where they tell you exactly where they expect a player to get drafted and kind of what their draft stock looks like right now based on thousands of mock drafts. Malik Willis, as of right now, is expected to go 11th overall as the QB1. And as you guys can see by this chart, right, you have the blue line that kind of swiggles up and then shoots up. He's slingshotting up. As I said earlier, he has a lot of momentum, right? He has the combine, the pro day. He's helping people out. He's cheering on his teammates. Everybody's falling in love with this guy. I would be shocked to see him go outside the top 10 picks in the NFL draft. I think he's a lock for top 10. I've heard him go as high as number two overall to the line. So we could see him really shoot up draft boards here. But let's take a step back and let's just assume he goes 11th overall. Now, in my model, in terms of the grading system, it has first overall is like the A++ grade, right? The next one, which is like, I would say you're, you're good to above average, which is like maybe like A minus B plus picks two through 12. I didn't see a drop off in points per game until after pick 12. So, you know, a fifth overall pick is graded the same as a 12th overall pick. So if you fall in there, you are in the very good B plus A minus tier, which is where Malik Willis falls. And if you take that screenshot from earlier and you refine it down to players with the same Lance Zierlein grade as Malik Willis in that same tier, and only guys who were drafted picks two through 12 in the NFL draft, you get a much better list. You get Trey Lance, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Justin Fields. That's a really, really strong list of players for him to look like on tape. I would call his film score very good. I would call it A minus to B plus. Now, again, he is not a perfect prospect by any means. He is not Trevor Lawrence, but he is very, very good on tape at least. Now, this is the part where we get to Malik Willis's profile that is underwhelming. And that section is called decision making and arm town now i think it's uh, we still got to tweak the name a little bit but malik willis has arm talent right on tape he can make all the throws but this kind of captures what a quarterback does in terms of production through the air in his first two years he goes to auburn which is pretty good right it's a good school he gets recruited out he doesn't play he gets sat behind jarrett stidham for two years i believe and then i think bo nix comes in so he transfers to small school liberty and we should assume that he should go there tear it up he transfers to Liberty, two years as a starter. He fails to crack 3,000 passing yards. He fails to crack 65% completion. Not great. Now, I don't actually input raw passing numbers into the model, but I just wanted to paint the pictures for you guys of what he is as a passer. But my first real input is ESPN's total QBR, which they define as adjusted total quarterback rating, which values the quarterback on all play types on a 0 to 100 scale adjusted for the strength of opposing defenses faced. Now, I don't just take the raw QBR and shove it in the model. I take a quarterback's QBR that they post every single season that they're a starter. And I have thresholds based on what age they are, what quarterback rating they should be hitting. Then based on that, I subtract it every single year. I add it up at the end. And that gives a player's career QBR over expected. In this stat, Malik Willis of the 21 elite quarterback prospects from 2007 to 2020 and then Malik Willis getting shoved in there we're not going to include 2021 like the Trevor Lawrence's Zach Wilson's of the world because those guys still raw we still don't know you know kind of what those guys careers are going to look like but among these quarterbacks the 21 elite quarterbacks I show in this screenshot he is 18th of 21 that's really bad he is not the best thrower of the football but that's only through that lens now my favorite quarterback stat that I found during this entire process of building a model is what I call big time throw to turnover worthy play ratio. This is actually the biggest input in the model in terms of quarterback uh, stats, right? They This this stat is weighted more than QBR by about, I think, two to three X. 
Now, let's actually explain what big time throw to turnover worthy play ratio even is. First, let's just look at the definition on PFF straight off their website. Big time throws are a pass with excellent ball location and timing generally thrown further down the field and or into a tighter window. Pretty much self-explanatory. A really good throw. Then we have turnover-worthy plays. This is a pass that has a high percentage chance to be intercepted or a poor job of taking care of the ball and fumbling, which is pretty self-explanatory as well. And originally, I actually had no plans to implement this stat, but I just figured as I input PFF passing grades to kind of input this on the side and just kind of see, you know, if it tells us anything. It ended up being really good. And I like it a lot because I am someone that likes quarterback to interception ratio, but that's a tough stat because there's a lot of variance there. You know, you can throw a screen and a guy can run at 60 yards to, to a touchdown. You get a lot of credit for something you didn't really do. And then an interception where, you know, especially in college where you can throw a guy right in the numbers, bounce off his fingertips, get picked off. So there's a lot of, you know, it's not super accurate, but when it's charted like this, it kind of removes that. And I think that's why it's so predictive and it makes sense intuitively, right? As a quarterback in the NFL, in the modern NFL, what it comes down to is do you make enough big time throws to make the turnovers worth it? Do your highs justify your lows as a quarterback? And that's what this stat captures. And Malik Willis on paper, especially his final season, really lackluster. Under 65% completion percentage, under 3,000 passing yards. I think he had like double digit interceptions, to like under 30 touchdowns. Really not great on paper, but in terms of big time throws to turnover worthy plays, really solid that year he had 40 big time throws to 18 turnover worthy plays which is good enough for 2.22 his ratio between big time throws and turnover worthy plays which is eighth among 15 elite quarterbacks that have pff data 2.22 is about average for an elite quarterback prospect the thing is that's massive for malik willis a guy that you know a lot of people are counting out as a really bad throw of the football this puts his, you know, his grade in terms of, you know, arm talent and thrower of the football that takes him from, you know, like really bad to, you know, average to below average, right? He, he has a big time throw to turnover worthy play ratio of the average elite quarterback prospect. That's really strong, especially considering that the model favors this stat over QBR. Now, again, his arm talent, his decision-making is not perfect. It's not elite. It's not very good. It is average to below average, but that's fine because his throwing isn't bad enough to sink the entire ship and that he has, you know, enough aspects of his profile to rise up to the occasion and overcome his, you know, average throwing ability. And that's where we get to the, you know, A++ part of his profile, which is rushing upside and athleticism. And the first thing we look at is just rushing yard market share average, which is just how much of the rushing yards on your team are you accounting for year over year on a yearly basis he is accounting for on average 35.74 percent of liberty's rushing yards per game which is insane in terms of a pure rusher he is up there with lamar jackson cam newton robert griffin iii deshaun watson kyler uh, murray even guys like josh allen he is a konami code qb and I'm not just calling him a Konami code QB. He is genuinely a Konami code QB. In the database, I have rushing thresholds where if you meet a certain amount of threshold in terms of your average rushing yard market share, the average amount of rush attempts you take per game, it qualifies you as Konami code QB. And that's at the top end. He hits that threshold, which means that he is up there with guys like Cam Newton and Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson as a rusher. And these are the guys who usually break fantasy, right? If we just look at all of the elite prospects who were Konami code QBs, we have Mahomes, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Lamar, Deshaun, Robert Griffin, Kyler Murray, Marcus Mariota. Now we do have Tim Tebow. That is the one 
that is the one blind spot it's tim tebow he was drafted outside of the top 12 picks so he just had a profile where he had a lot of stuff going for him and i think that the one flaw of this model is we didn't have lance Zierlein grades back then I do firmly believe that if Lance Zierlein saw his throwing motion, that he would have had the Lance Zierlein grade low enough to bring him out of the elite tier. It's hard to say without it, because I kind of have to use a substitute for players back then, but he does kind of bring a damper to this range. But, you know, all of these guys are, you know, five of the top six quarterbacks in Dynasty are elite Konami code QBs, and they hit at a higher rate than the average elite quarterback. So the, the average elite quarterback in my prospect database hits top 12 seasons at a 75% rate top five seasons at a 50% rate elite Konami code QBs hit top 12 seasons at an 88% rate and top five seasons at a 67% rate. These are quarterbacks. We should be moving mountains to acquire because of this. This is why I think Malik Willis has as good a case as any of the rookies to be one-on-one. Now, ideally quarterbacks strongest part of their profile is their throwing, right? Their arm talent, their decision-making, and I concede that for sure, because of that, Malik Willis has a very wide range of outcomes. He could be Tim Tebow. He could literally be Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton. Me personally, I'm just willing to chase that upside in Dynasty because this is a guy that has Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen in his range of outcomes. And I wouldn't even call him boomer bust because in the event that he busts and he's not a good real life quarterback, his rushing will buoy his value right in the doomsday scenario where he is a bad quarterback, a bad real life quarterback, he becomes Jalen Hurts, where he'll start three or more years in the NFL as most top 15 picked quarterbacks do. And he'll put up a, a couple highly productive seasons where he'll rush on the ground. He'll give you, you know, fringe QB one performances. And in the scenario where you see him on the field and he sucks and he's not a good real life quarterback in that event, you trade him. Jalen Hurts is the dynasty QB 14. There are only 12 running backs ahead of him on keep trade cut. And this is even with Jalen Hurts having real, in real life, long-term starter problems. You know, he probably has another year or two until the Eagles look for another quarterback. And he's still being valued that highly because of what he can give you in the short term. And I think that is Malik Willis's absolute floor. The reason why I'm chasing Malik Willis and why I have him so high is because his upside is top six pick in dynasty. Brees Hall, all the running backs they don't have access to that upside. Jonathan Taylor doesn't even go top six in a lot of startups because you have, you know, the big five of Mahomes, you have Josh Allen, you have Herbert, you have Kyler, you have Lamar Jackson. Outside of Herbert, all of those guys are elite Konami code QBs. And I like the chances with Malik Willis too. He, he has a path to that upside of, you know, being a top six startup pick, you know, accruing a ton of value for your dynasty team in ways that no one else in this class can. In a vacuum, outside of market value, Malik Willis is my one-on-one. Here's the thing. I have him in a tier with Brees Hall and current ADP on keep trade cut has Brees Hall steaming to like top five running back. He's a, uh, I want to say, you know, two, three turn kind of guy in startups. Whereas Malik Willis on there isn't even the locked and loaded one, 102 yet by the market. He is a late fifth round pick on keep trade cut. So for now, if I was at the one one I would take Brees Hall just so I'm not losing out on that market value. But if ADP closed the gap to like 12 or less picks, then I'd prefer Malik Willis in that scenario for now i'll lean on Brees, but they're both in a tier of their own and that's not to say that Brees hall isn't a great prospect in his own right we'll eventually talk about him he looks really good now if Brees hall you know gets selected like first round or goes in the top 10 picks then i'll probably move him ahead of malik willis but assuming Brees hall gets second round draft capital and malik willis goes top 12 and adp closes then malik willis would be my 111 regardless i really like malik willis i really like Brees hall in that top tier of 101 102 if you have a top two pick in a dynasty league, hold on to those tight. You are holding on to lottery picks that 
weren't valued very highly because everyone was low on this 2022 class and i think by the time it's all said and done when we get to rookie draft season after the nfl draft we're going to see those picks valued at the two three turn in startups now with that being said if this kind of analysis you know a lot of the the quarterback model stuff if you're interested in this kind of thing it's all included in the patreon patreon.com slash ron stewart everybody in the discord that is in the patreon part of the discord has known that i've been building this quarterback model the running back model the wide receiver model for the past month i've been updating them on my research in real time all of the grades and everything are going to be all on the patreon very very soon so if you want to you know take a look at the grades for yourself see you know the 2017 draft class you know see you know we just talked about the elite quarterbacks today if you want to see the golds and the silvers and the bronzes so there's a lot of really cool stuff going on on the patreon right now if you're interested in all that i also have my top my, my rankings there and my buy and sell recommendations a lot of cool stuff on the patreon for literally five dollars a month so if you want to go out there dominate your dynasty leagues hop on the patreon patreon.com ron stewart now with that being said as always i love you guys i appreciate you tuning in really really excited to make content with these new models i think it's going to really bring my analysis and my content to the next level comment down below if you have any questions about the model I'm, I'm very open to explaining things and kind of you know i know it's a little bit confusing at first uh, this is a little bit weird to make this video first before you know laying out the entire model i thought it'd be a good preview though so with that being said love you guys and as always i will see you in the next one my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag of on. Rap a song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Meaner's dreamer. Hell back asses, Loki's still a demon.